To support this podcast, go to positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Any amount is appreciated. Once again, positivesarcasm.com slash donate. Thank you and enjoy the program. Hello, hello. Welcome to the show. The Weeble app link is in the affiliate description down below. Uh, this is the first podcast of 2024. Um, it is in a more... Uh, the spot is a little minimized. Um, so, But it's still very fun. It's designed for the new format that we're going to be doing going forward. Which I think is going to be a shorter format, but... Um, oh, by the way, for all things, you know, any all PS content, just go to positivesarcasm.com. Uh, you can email me directly there. Uh, let me, before we get to the Q&A segment, we're going to do a, I'm going to do a reintroduction and then explain why this format has changed, um, not from a personal perspective, but from a content perspective. So, um, for those of you who don't know, I go by J because it's simpler. I um, adapted that letter, I guess you would say, uh, back when I used to work in uh, healthcare, and I felt that there was, I had no identity working in healthcare, so I decided to essentially just have a name because I was tired of people. Uh, getting my name wrong on the phone, so I just changed it to that, and whatever they would call me, it's like, sure, yeah, great, what do you want? Um, I'm no longer in that situation, so whatever you know me by is, you feel free to answer, I, I will happily answer too. Um, I started uh, this website back in 2013 um, the it with Our City Radio, which is no longer around. And then when I left Our City Radio, um, I, st- I immediately migrated all of my content that I made for them, um, which I own, uh, I'm licensed of. I migrated to my own website that I built myself, which wasn't wouldn't be very hard to do, um, only the fact that I never built a website before. And in 2014, I cracked open a Schaefer beer with a uh, old coworker, old old friend of mine. And we did like a 15-minute podcast uh, in front of a old computer, and that was essentially the very first episode of what came to be over 300 episodes later. Uh, the formatting of this show has gone through multiple changes. Um, it has had terrible audio episodes. It has had uh, several different scenic episodes. It's been on location. Um it has essentially migrated to a just being a single episode where every once in a while I may have guests who stop in, but um, I'm essentially away from all those people that would have the opportunity to, to pop in. So um, over the course of the, the podcast and all of its hiatuses, uh, I did manage to start a small uh, uh, video audio editing uh, business, um, which I still do. Um, after con- you know going to many events and traveling to many cities um, and going through many cameras and trying different angles, you know things I've never done before, I attempted them to some success. 
Um, and then back in 2018, I brought the podcast back. Um, and it worked between 2018 and 2000, beginning of 2020 or mid 2020, excuse me. It had a good run. It really, really did. Like there, the content was there. The energy was there. Um, granted, I was still working on getting, you know, my vibe as far as how I wanted to do this. Um, I essentially felt free. I felt like it was it was it was just me getting behind the microphone, looking up articles, and just addressing, not really get, having to get too in depth about the world's goings on, but um, talking about how I wanted to what I wanted to talk about. And it felt like the world back then was was a little simpler. You know, not everything was a hot topic. So, and I dressed better for the episodes, to be honest with you, which is why I've officially brought back the uh, sport coat, the sport jacket, and the sweater. Um, so, I, ever since 2020, um, well, yeah, post post COVID, um, there's been a lot of uh, uh, ups and downs w- with my life, and this podcast has suffered. And my content in general has suffered because of it. And so I mentally, I don't, I was not able to create the content that I have wanted to over the past, I'd say, two years. I did okay in Hampton Beach. Um, God willing, if I were ever to return. And, but after that, uh, after I got to this current location that I'm at, things started to suffer here. And it was 100% me, 100% on me, that this this content has suffered. And to be honest with you, it's been bad. Like the stuff I've been producing has been bad. Um, and it's no fault of the reaction channel, which is also on hiatus right now. Uh, I don't know if I'm bringing that back. I ended on a good note. Um, I did, you know, there's hundreds of, of titles up there. Um, I feel like I've done everything that I need to do on that channel. So if it if it ends, uh, you know, so be it. It's It, it had a, a very good run. Um, but for now, it is definitely uh, on hiatus. This channel, I had to really decide um, what I wanted to do. Uh, a question of, well, if I'm creating bad content, well, should I change it or should I scrap the whole thing? And I've done, you know, well over 300 episodes from the Spare Parts Studio, from the Undisclosed Location, from the Basement, from the Sandbox. Do I just throw it all away? Or do I try something do I just try to do better? See, I'm in a situation in my life where I don't want to throw anything away anymore. Everything that I have or had, I want to be better at. And I want to, if I'm going to do this podcast, I only want it to be a, what would you call it? A force for good. Because I can't save the world. I can't. I am not a, I'm a bit of a historian, but I'm not a true historian. Uh, I am good with health and wellness, but I'm not good with mental health 
and wellness. But I do have some tips of the trade here, there, and all around, but I can't save the world with all the tactics that I have. But there's a lot of people out there who, through all of the help that they can find online, uh, whether it be mental health, um, emotional health, uh, physical health, financial health, uh, family health, they're still asking questions. And there's never just one clear answer. There's always multiple answers to a question. It's tr it, it depends on the person, how they're feeling inside, their situation, and how they want to, and obviously if there are other people involved. So what we're going to do is if I may not be able to tackle all types of subjects and speak f just freely uh, about my thought process, I can do one thing, which has manage to work on this platform and that is answer questions from across the internet the best i can uh but even more so now now that it's a focal point of this show if there is something that i really want to talk about a, a subject matter that i really want to discuss that i think that i can add value to then i will bring it i will do a separate episode on it or if people wanted to come on this episode to talk about things, whatever it is, they are more than welcome to. Um, I have the equipment to do that. But as far as Israel, Palestine, Ukraine, Russia, the EU, the WEF, um, the election, COVID vaccines, uh, I can't, I can't solve those problems. I, there are, there are better people to help you answer those types of questions. And I will link you to uh, Mel Robbins and Dr. Jordan B. Peterson um, at the end of like every episode, if I remember to. So those people are, they are, you know, people who are better equipped to give you true answers of how you should lead a better life. Um, they have access to better guests. They have access to higher education. Uh, and that's their thing. But for me, at least, at the very least, there's a lot of people out there still asking questions. And I look forward to answering them, but analyzing them the best of my ability. So with that being said, we're going to basically start a format of, and these up these questions will come from all over the internet they will come from dig.com they will come from reddit they will come from uh uh e emails i get if i get them and we will explore these questions however random or however personal they may be and we'll see if we can offer some insight to the the person who's answering them asking the questions and to People who are maybe in a situation where um, they are maybe in a similar situation and they they need advice because you don't know – maybe these people don't have access to the best uh, – what do you call it? Therapy or, or friends or family and they're reaching out for a specific reason.
Now, that being said, I'm not going to be right. I'm merely going to offer an honest opinion that hopefully brings positivity to the situation that is being presented to me. Um, and I'm going to assume, I'm going to assume uh, that the person who's asking the question and describing the scenario is doing it in good faith. So I hope you bear with me as we begin this uh, journey on this new format. I'm not sure how long this format will last, but I think this is a good way to simplify what I have uh, what I've created and present to you each week in a timely manner. So that being said, uh, I am drinking Gator Light Zero. Uh, it's got like a bunch of, you know, electrolytes in it, you know, sodium, potassium, chloride, magnesium, calcium. Um, I do, this is the one thing I actually, I guess, health-wise I treat myself to. So uh, yeah, anyways, so that is my intro. If you have questions or comments or concerns, you can email me directly at my website, positivesarcasm.com. Um, if you have, if you're looking for audio or video work, you can also email me through there. And uh, if you have questions that you want to ask through this platform or through Instagram at positive underscore sarcasm or facebook.com slash POS sarcasm, or you, or you can just ask them directly through uh, my email, positive sarcasm at outlook.com. So uh, let's get into a question and answer format. We will start with the good old-fashioned dig.com uh, slash Q&A. It's called Good Question. I'll pop it up on the screen here. We will go through every single question. We will try to analyze them the best we can. And uh, I hope it works for you. Anyways, so here we go. This one, the first one's pretty short. How can I get my boyfriend back after I surprised him with a visit from his estranged mother? I've been with my boyfriend for five years. He has been totally estranged from his mother the whole time I've known him. I've never met her. Well, his mother started messaging with me on Facebook and she really wants to get back into his life. She wants to apologize for the mistake she has made. I invited her over to our house without telling my boyfriend. He blew up when he saw her and now he says that he wants to break up with me. I was just trying to help mend his relationship with his mom. What can I do to get him to come back? Well, you, some people don't like surprises and I'll be, and you, I understand that your intentions were, your intentions were good, but you severely, you severely obviously upset your boyfriend. You really, really did. And is he traumatized by your actions? Yes, he is. Um, is this fixable? Uh, yes. At first glance, I believe it is. Um, if you've been a, a, a good girlfriend, um, a good companion, and this is like your really first mistake, then this can be, I believe this can be salvageable because I think you were just trying to do a good thing. I don't know why he doesn't want to see his mother. I can understand if he was abandoned by his 
his uh, well estranged did she abandon him obviously he's he doesn't want to see her for a reason now i guess going about this the right way you should have been completely transparent with him simply stating that listen i am getting messages from your estranged mother and she wants to see you and get back into your life and apologize for the mistakes that he has made she's made excuse me and if you were to approach it like that and not and offer support either way so if he says okay yeah maybe then you need to support that decision if he says i want nothing to do with her i don't want to think about it uh i have to focus on me then you need to support that decision as well because you don't know what type of hurt if he's never discussed it with you how do you know what type of hurt that could cause you were trying to do the right thing but you really have created a situation where you could could possibly uh, lose somebody you truly care about um but you definitely owe an apology a good one and you need to give him that space if he's asking for that um to allow him to process that so, so that he can understand that yes what you did was a mistake you should have been transparent from him with him from the very beginning about this but that you ultimately were not trying to cause harm so that would be the course of action that i would take and that's what i currently see if he does decide that he wants to talk about why he does not want to see his estranged mother again then you need to listen you just need to listen you don't need to offer your opinion you just need to listen to what he has to say and if it hasn't been a problem before without her being there then i would just let it lie and if he takes you back great um that's awesome that means that he's got a he, he might have a heart of gold and you'll still have some work to do but just don't bring it up again just it was an action that you were trying to do the right thing or be good or something to that nature but it did not work out the way you wanted it to uh hopefully we can move on to the next one what should i have said when an in-law suggested getting my late husband's dna tested to confirm his ethnic breath background as family gathered after the funeral of my beloved husband an in-law with little connection to him insisted i collect hair from his hairbrush quote it's not too late to get a dna analysis and ensure that he really was as much of a specific ethnic group as he said he was she told me when i demurred she said she'd do it herself my spouse would have never agreed to such a thing and his near relatives his near relatives were horrified any thoughts on a response um i'm not sure why first of all uh, i'm sorry for the loss of your your husband and you say beloved which makes it hurt even more so um yeah I'm, I'm i am i'm sorry that's that's a terrible thing i'm sorry to hear that that happened um i hope he you know you guys lived a long time together but the 
DNA analysis to ensure that he really was as much of a specific ethnic group as he said he was. I don't understand why that comment would be made. I don't understand why that comment's even needed, and I do not understand the rationality behind that request. Um, I don't think it has anything to do with anything. I, your, your husband has just passed away. It seems like it's kind of besides the fact. What were you... What would be gained by trying to figure out what a DNA analysis would bring? What does that have to do with anything? Was it ever of any value to begin with? Um, I would not recommend. I would not recommend that that action be performed. Uh, I do not recommend that you do it. And if anybody insists that you do this going forward, I guess I would stand up for the memory of your husband. I think would be the best course of action. Just remember him for the man he was and remember him for how he treated you. Let's move on to the next one. <clears throat> Can Gen X managers expect a responsive and committed attitude from Gen Z and millennial employees? I've been practicing law for about 35 years. And my peers and I are having a hard time recruiting and retaining younger attorneys. I've been told that on the whole, younger employees believe that. Okay. Staying at the same company for more than a few years is too long because you can get a bigger increase by switching employers. Okay. Responding to clients or partners after 5 p.m. or on weekends is optional. Working at home is just as good as working in person. Employers should not expect them to invest their time in learning their job. If these things are accurate, is it realistic for Gen X managers to expect millennials and Gen Zers to adopt a more responsive and committed attitude? Well, what does the job require? Let's take, um, maybe it's a good idea to take the idea of Gen X and Gen Z and millennials out of it let's take the generalities out of this and let's just focus on the individual needs of the company and the individual needs of the employee and then maybe we might be able to uh, resolve some of these issues here so what do we have we have uh you're having hard time recruiting and retaining younger attorneys well why are you trying to retain younger attorneys why aren't you just trying to retain attorneys in general? Anybody who who would be best suited for the company. Um, it, it's up to you, but obviously just having the best staff at all times, regardless of their age. And I get it. Younger attorneys, you might be able to mold them and shape them into the type of people you want. And, you know, they maybe offer different energy levels or something like that, but the if they're obviously being an attorney 20 years ago might have some differences uh, when it comes to being an attorney now like the world is a little different you can back then your attorney had to be present at all times they didn't have the you know virtual meetings were non-existent uh, broadband wasn't widely available as it is now applications text messages emails um, other ways of communicating with 
with your attorneys and they and the locality of those attorneys also isn't necessarily applicable now as well so you can ha you can have an attorney who maybe lives 40 miles away maybe they don't live in the same town or within 15 minutes of the place maybe they can work a little farther away and maybe they can only come into the office twice a week and maybe they have a really nice setup at home that allows them to work for you but at the same time not have to stress to get to the office every day and then they can go instead of going to the office they can go straight to court and then they can also work with other uh, clients in that area that they live in as opposed to just clients in your area so there is some value to them not being um, necessarily near the office as long as that infrastructure is there then and obviously compensation is a factor as long as they are qualified then I think that those options are are applicable um, now, as far as the part where you said staying at the same company for more than a few years is too long, well, okay, so you can get a bigger increase by switching employers. Well, maybe every couple of years you need to, or every year you need, obviously every year or two years you need to sit down with your employee and ask them, are we keeping pace with the market? Are we offering you fair compensation and flexibility as far as what you want to do? Um, how are we compared to other firms? And then there are stipulations as far as, so for example, I had an attorney that did not respond to me basically most like most of the time after 5 p.m. and weekends. I'd never heard from my attorney on the weekends. And I had this attorney for about two months. And it, weekends were... I did not hear from them. Um, so it's they don't have to, depending upon the the needs of the client, uh, depending upon the needs of the office, will better dictate what type of attorney you need or what type of paralegal, excuse me, that you need. Um, and those requests and those you know needs of the of the firm, should be upfront when you first sit down with your applicant. Uh, but compensation obviously should be discussed every year. You don't want them obviously running off and joining another firm. You want to build a long-term relationship. And you should be gauging what the market's offering too to see if you are able to keep up with that. Uh, also based on your um, attorneys, your employees' um, qualifications as well. So that's those are things to consider and i would consider this uh, at an individual level i would not look at gen x gen z millennial uh, you know i don't i wouldn't look at any of that i would just look at the qualifications of the applicant the employee and see what do they need and what can they provide when offering them that flexibility that might offer a better alternative for what you're looking for let's move on to the next question What did my ex really mean when he said he and I could keep sleeping together even when his wife moved to be with him? My former boyfriend has a wife in the Philippines. He used to sometimes say, oh, stay with me and we can keep sleeping together even when she moves to this country. Why would someone say something like that? I have a difficult time figuring out what he really meant. 
Um, so this person is your ex for a reason. So if this person, um, so this person is with somebody. That's the difference. So you shouldn't be talking to this. I, I you shouldn't be talking to this person because they're with somebody. If they're with somebody, you don't, you don't talk to them as if they are somebody. Uh, hmm. Okay, oh, let me backtrack a little bit here. They're married. Okay, if they were to say that I made a mistake and um, I don't want to be married anymore, I need to figure things out. Well, then, okay, if you truly care about this person, then sit down with them and be like, well, why did you do all the things you did? Why do you feel like you're going to change your ways now? And what do, what are your plans to actually do these things? You know, have that clear line of communication. But as far as what this person said, stay with me. We can keep sleeping together even when she moves to this country. Okay, so you mean have an affair with you at the expense of the wife from the Philippines? Well, that's not fair. Now, is it up to you to decide if you want to do this? I mean, ultimately, it is you, but you're not with this person anymore because they're married. And there should be no consideration of having any type of romance or intimacy with this person unless none, unless they say, I made a mistake. I should not have been with her. I should really... You know, I want to think about us. Only then can you even possibly, in any way possible, not saying this is a good idea or not, but this is the only time if they were to say they were going to do that, start asking questions about, um, I can't remember the word off the top of my head, but you know, the togetherness idea. But that comment doesn't present that at all. It basically, he, this gentleman wants to have his cake and eat it too, and that's, that's at the expense of, uh, of your emotions and your heart, and that's, that's not fair to you. And he needs to understand that by s simply you saying no. He needs to understand that there's not – you can't have both. It's either one or the other. Be loyal to your wife or focus on somebody you truly care about. I'm sure there's more I could say about it, but – it seems pretty black and white. You're just asking why would somebody say something like that? Uh, I mean, a therapist could definitely identify this better, but it's it, it seems like a form of sociopath, uh, not sociopathy, excuse me, but uh, of narcissism. Um, so, and there's many different forms of narcissism. I, I know I've been reading a lot about it. So I would not consider pursuing anything like that or even asking or even ask yourself why he would say something like that because it doesn't do you any good to consider it so <clears throat> excuse me let's continue on am i crazy if i relocate an old family photograph because i think it might be haunted oh this is different when my grandfather passed, he had it in his will to pass out some of the heirlooms he had held on to our family members. Ever since I was a small child, I was fascinated by a photo of his great-grandmother, who I looked just like. 
There is a family legend that the photo is haunted by the spirit of my great-grandmother, who was very involved in spiritualism back in her day. I used to laugh it off because I not only do not believe in ghosts, but I am the very least superstitious person I know. I am beginning to rethink all that since inheriting the photograph. I have had to replace the glass on the frame twice now because it has dropped from the wall where it is hanging and cracked the glass. I have other family photos hung on the wall, uh, same wall, and have never had any trouble with any of them following. They are all in the same kinds of hangers with the same kinds of hooks. There was also one time where I found the photo on the table near the wall display leaning on a picture of my own children. I was the only one in the house at the time, and I know it was where it belonged when I got up in the morning and passed it on the way to the kitchen to make breakfast. I know it sounds strange, but I feel like I should put the photo somewhere else where I don't have to see it all the time and wonder about it. Does that make me slightly cracked? I have asked everyone in my family if they have played around with the photo, and everyone said no. Well, obviously, if a photo is continuously... Let's just move the, the superstition out of it. Let's just say that the photo can, is continuing to drop or, or fall in places that it's not supposed to. Then, yeah, you should immediately move it. You should definitely move the photo. You should definitely... Wherever you put it, it's got to be solid. You need to take out all the variables of the things that you're considering or claiming. Um, I'm not going to sit here and disregard supernaturality or things like that. I, I'm not. I'm not here to do that. I do not want to claim that somebody is crazy. Um, that's not going to help anyone. Uh, I would just let's just look at the logistics of it. If the photo is in a spot where it's causing problems or it's falling, then you just simply need to move the photo. I mean, you obviously care about the photo. You cared about your, your grandfather. You know, you want to have this photo in your life. So that if you care about it that much, then you should move it to a special spot. A spot where nothing can happen to it. A spot where it's not going to move. And you know what? A spot where you will see it. A spot where you will appreciate it. Not hiding it. You shouldn't hide it. I think you should put it wherever you choose to, but in a spot where you know you can appreciate the photo and the memories that it brings up. That's what I think. Uh, let's continue on. We seem to be doing okay, so let's just let's keep working on this. <clears throat> How can I get my nine-year-old to stop catching wild rabbits and trying to bring them home? Every day, my nine-year-old daughter Phoebe walks down the hill to the bus stop. Then she then walks back home from the bus stop after school. Okay. Last year, my husband and I started letting her go to the bus stop on her own. However, over the past few weeks, she's caught four wild rabbits and tried to bring them home. I'm not even sure how she's doing it. They're everywhere in the area, and Phoebe claims she just walks up, walks over to them and picks them up. But that's clearly untrue, as the bunnies run away from anyone before you get close enough to touch them. 
More importantly, she's flat out ignoring our instructions not to approach wild animals, and despite a grounding, she persists she persists in doing so. My husband thinks we should just get her a pet. We've talked about that for a bit, but I fe- it feels like this would be rewarding bad behavior. On the other hand, I'm not sure how to handle this long term. And you're not going to beat something with nothing. Is there anything I'm overlooking here? Some way of keeping Phoebe happy and not having her abduct local wildlife while at the same time not rewarding her for doing so. So I think that what here's what I appreciate about Phoebe. I like that however Phoebe's managing to catch these animals is incredible. I don't know how she's doing it. I can tell you this when I lived at Hampton Beach, the amount of wild rabbits that were everywhere I've never seen before. It was incredible. They're everywhere. They're they're beautiful. They're cute. They're fast. They're tiny. Um, they're awesome. I think they're great. But you can't catch them unless they come around the corner because they just they just like to run. Um, you're generally not going to catch them. The fact that she can is incredible. And obviously they didn't expect to be picked up. So I'm assuming when you do let them go, that's their, you know, it's their instincts is to run away. That being said, if, if she really likes animals and she's not hurting them, she's yeah abducting wildlife. She's just curious, you know, like when a kid picks up a frog or plays with a, a, a ground worm or, uh, you know, just, you know, feeds the goats or pets cows or something. Uh, kids have fascinations with animals. And if they are showing behavior that is not harmful to the animals, you know, anything really, you know, disturbing, then maybe a pet rabbit would be a good idea. Pet rabbits. I had, I had rabbits. I had, um, like these New Zealand whites, I believe they were called. And they were beautiful and they were big fluffy things. Now, you have to be careful because some rabbits do bite. And when they bite, it can hurt, I believe. I believe they can pierce the skin. So you just have to be mindful of that. But a pet would probably be a good idea. But I think you should talk to Phoebe first because she likes to catch them. She likes to be around animals. And I think that you should feed her love of animals to the point where she's not she's appreciating the rabbits the wild rabbits as they are but not having to bring them back so i think that's awesome that she has that much love for animals like that but i think a pet would be a good idea now i've discussed it with her maybe don't surprise her We've we've learned about how surprises work out in the first question of this of this show, so I think discussing it with Phoebe, I don't think she's really done anything wrong. She's clearly not listening, but she's also not harming the animals. She's just likes having pets, and maybe understanding their lifespan, their habits. And being around them and the responsibility of owning them, kids should be exposed to animals. 
and like I said before, the the fact that they that she is treating treating a wild animal this kindly, it's a gentle small animal, and she is bringing them home is amazing. So I think you're not rewarding her. You're just it's it's something that should be attempted in every time in life. Like there should always you should as a kid. You should always have pets. You should understand their strengths and their weaknesses, what you what you can do with them and what you can't do with them, and understand that they are animals at the end of the day. At the end of the day, they you can't speak to them in the same linguistics as a human. Humans act like animals too, but understanding the boundaries and the affection that an animal can give, whether it's a dog, a cat, or a rabbit, or even a donkey... Uh, is important to a child because it teaches them compassion not just on a human level but just on a on an a planetary uh, you know emotional level having a connection with an animal is an amazing thing and you should encourage that it's don't consider it rewarding bad behavior it just it's a it's a trait it's a behavioral trait that they should have when they're growing up loving and caring for animals um, that being said, that is the end of uh, this week's uh, Q&A. If you have questions or comments or concerns, uh, feel free to hit me up through my uh, social media at positive underscore sarcasm on Instagram, or you can email me directly through my website, positivesarcasm.com. My direct email is positive sarcasm at outlook.com. Just put subject podcast or whatever you're looking for. And we're... Oh, and as always... Um, this is for entertainment purposes. I will put, uh, I'll try to put up like a disclosure um, up on this channel, whether it's visual or in the description. But this is for entertainment purposes. If you have actual needs that can that that need to be uh, looked into, please uh, seek out uh, a therapist um, or other uh, comparable uh, things. So yeah, I guess that we'll leave it at that for this week um in the meantime this episode because of the new format um it is um it will because of the new format it will be returning to youtube so you can find this new episode on youtube rumble and anywhere where audio podcasts are available including substack so there we go this is the first episode of 2024 and uh hopefully uh, there'll be another one just about a week from now. Thank you for listening, watching, subscribing. I'll talk to you soon. Recorded here from the Spare Parts Studio, this has been a Positive Sarcasm presentation.
again